0: We begin session number seven, and we're going to start in Romans chapter five, verse one. I've heard uh, a few preachers online uh, talk about this particular passage as the uh, benefit package, uh, the outline of the benefit package for those who are in Christ. And I've heard another one say, um membership has its benefits. (laughs) And so through the first four chapters or first three chapters, really of Romans, we talked about the bad news of the gospel. So this is really the good news of the gospel. And uh, Paul outlines uh, the benefits for Christians here in chapter five, verse one. So let's read the text and then we'll come back and talk about some of those benefits. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, But the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification in life for all people, For just as though the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul's really stating especially in this last half of the chapter that the work of Christ is so glorious and so has so much benefit that it overwhelms what Adam did bringing sin into the world. But Paul also brings up several other points in this chapter that I want to want to touch on. What is the benefit package of being a a follower of Jesus Christ? Well, I think the first point uh, that we can look at is that uh, God reached out to sinners when they were helpless, uh, we were lost in our sin. You know, the Bible's not a self help book. It's a book that informs us that our sinful condition was so bad that God had to send His own Son to absorb His own wrath you know, because God had so much wrath against the human race for their sin because sin is a separating factor. And the blood of Jesus met the demand of God's justice and saves us from experiencing God's wrath. Let's look over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Now, We are exempt from God's wrath as a Christian, but it does not exempt us from Satan's wrath and the world's wrath at times. Now, obviously, we are covered by the blood of Jesus. We've been bought with a price, so Satan doesn't have authority to overtake us, except for what God gives him permission to do. Let's look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my father in heaven But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. What Jesus is saying there is that the gospel message is so divisive that the world lives in hostility to the things of God. Paul points that out here in the fifth chapter of Romans. In verse 10, he said, For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him to the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? So reconciliation is obviously a benefit of a relationship with Christ and the work of the gospel message. Reconciliation, the best way to define that, I think, is just to think of it in marriage terms. You know, when a couple's going through divorce, And then all of a sudden they become reconciled. That means they put their differences aside and now they have harmony and and peace again. Obviously, from that scripture we read, we were enemies of God until we were reconciled to him through the work of Jesus Christ and his atoning sacrifice and his blood that was shed for us. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. We know God is a holy God, his justice holiness require uh, purity and we are so flawed in our own nature that we needed um the atoning work of jesus christ to justify us which a lot of people like to say justify means just as if i've never sinned and we become reconciled to god and that comes also through repentance which is a turning away of our carnal nature and pursuing the character of christ how do we get the character of christ in us you know paul mentions here in chapter 5 verse 5 or verse 3 rather he says not only so but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope you know when you if you watch a lot of christian television you're not going to hear very many messages about trials and struggles um, you know, Jesus mentioned in John 16, 33, he said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So Jesus promises disciples that they would have trouble and if they were going to have trouble, that means most likely we will have trouble because I don't think we're exempt to uh, Satan's devices just because we become a Christian. In fact, sometimes we be, when you become a Christian, you're, you're more targeted by the world and by Satan because now you're working against the, uh, the powers of this world. I want to look at James chapter one. It's not just Paul that talks about trials. It's not just Jesus talks about trials. James talks about trials. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Let's flip over to the right just a little bit more and go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. So that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rest on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it's hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Let's look at Psalms chapter 119. I believe it's the longest chapter in the Bible, and it's pretty much right in the middle of the Bible. And verse 65 says, do good to your servant according to your word, Lord. Teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I trust your commands. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. Though the arrogant have smeared me with lies, I kept your precepts with all my heart their hearts are calloused and unfeeling but i delight in your law it was good for me to be afflicted so that i might learn your decrees the law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold so the bible talks about how important adversity struggles and trials are in our life because we develop perseverance and out of perseverance comes hope And the character of Christ. If we look at Hebrews 12, verse 7, it says, Endured hardship as a disciple, God is treating you as his children, for what children are not disciplined by their father? And verse 11 says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees, make level paths for your feet, So that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. And then verse 14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Paul starts off the first verse in Romans chapter 5 saying, One of the biggest benefits is that we have been justified through faith. So now we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What's interesting is, is that in the scriptures, when Jesus was born and the angel made the declaration of his arrival in chapter 2 of Luke, Luke chapter 2, verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So internal peace is a benefit of following Jesus Christ. The world desires peace, and they can't have it outside of a relationship with Christ. Not true peace and joy. So what they do is they find false alternatives. That's what Satan does. He's always selling his benefits package, which is temporary satisfaction with long-term payments. As a Christian, we're making temporary payments of struggle for a long-term benefit and eternity in heaven with god our father and we will get to enjoy all those benefits of god at that time but on this earth there will be struggles there will be trials but god has a purpose in those to develop perseverance and the character of christ in our lives let's go to isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 through 7 Another benefit of being a, a Christian is the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost, and that is one more benefit of salvation that God has given us a deposit it's kind of a down payment uh, because of his love for us, that we get to have God's heart inside of us and the mind of the mind of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 11 says, In him we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. You also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. One of the other benefits packages or one of the other benefits of this package that God has given us here in Romans chapter five is that Christ died for us when we were still sinful, that his love was so deep for us that even though we were enemies of Christ, and that's one of the things that people have to get their heads wrapped around, that they are enemies of God until they have the Holy Spirit inside of them and they have that transformational experience where their hearts are turned through repentance and understanding until they start seeking Christ as they should because let's be honest our carnal nature does not seek after the things of God if you think about a child when they're born are they naturally godly i mean we look at them and they go oh we're so they're so innocent but a child doesn't learn doesn't have to learn how to cry and throw a temper tantrum and to be selfish and take things away from their siblings <laughs> that's a natural instinct that a child is born with. And so we were born with a sin nature and God knew our problem. And that's why Jesus was necessary uh, to come and die on a cross and shed his blood for the uh, forgiveness of sins. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Hebrews nine twenty two. You know, in the last days, there's going to be a lot of people who fall away uh, from the gospel message and it's the antichrist will unleash a through the power of satan a message of deception that people will fall for because people are looking for a benefits package but they don't want to work (laughs) for the benefits package we obviously see that with that stimulus packages and all this unemployment um money that's been extended time and time again and it's caused people to want to stay at home rather than go out and and, and find a job. So the body of Christ as the body of Christ, we must be careful that we don't use uh, the gospel message just to grow numbers and expand programs and and to make ourselves look good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with growth and getting more people and having numbers, but we must keep the focus of salvation um, on repentance and spiritual maturity and preaching the gospel and making disciples. Uh, You know, there's a lot of people come in the front door of a church based on a program, but they can easily slip out the back door when they get offended and when they feel like they're not being fed anymore. You know, spiritual maturity is a choice. If we're not being fed, you know, that's really a personal problem. It's not necessarily the responsibility of the church to feed people. It's our responsibility to get involved and feed ourselves in the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to instruct us. We need to keep ourselves in communion um, with other believers to encourage us to grow. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. But when you start preaching a message about sacrifice and dying to self and personal accountability and spiritual maturity, that's when the audience uh, goes away. And it happened to, to Jesus too. Remember when he preached that message about whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will remain in me and I in them. And a lot of people left him because they were just following him around for all of his miracles and the the free fish and bread that he was handing out. And when he started preaching the message of spiritual transformation, everyone started to leave. And then he looked at his disciples and asked them if they wanted to leave as well. So I think there's a lot of um, people in the world that are chasing a free meal or chasing a movement of God, but they really don't want the spiritual change in their life. And that's what Christ wants to do. He wants to spiritually change us and turn us from a carnal nature to a spiritual nature that that pursues him and put holiness in us uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, I think there's a lot of Christians out there who would rather feel good in the kingdom of God than do any good for the kingdom of God. So we have to be careful we don't run after big movements in the body of Christ. We need to filter everything through the word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. We also need to test the spirit behind every movement. You know, there's People that are more concerned or more willing to chase a good experience if it, you know, have some benefits to them. And that's why you always see more people attending a healing service than a prayer service. Even John the Baptist questioned whether Jesus was who he said he was. And, you know, in Matthew 11, 2 through 6, it said, When John, he was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to him and asked, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? And Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. So ministry is not doing what you think you want to do. Ministry is being obedient to what the Holy Spirit is calling you to do. And understand that persecution and adversity will cause you to question your faith at times, but just remember that when perseverance finishes its work, you'll have hope and you'll have the character of Christ. You know, I remember being at a men's conference one time in in Missouri, Lake of the Ozarks, and the pastor was talking about visitation versus habitation. And uh, he said, revival takes place when people make a personal choice to be totally committed to Jesus Christ and they are open responsive to that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Visitation is when you have a supernatural experience with God. Habitation is when you have a supernatural relationship with God. So waiting upon the Lord is not a choice to do nothing. It's actively seeking God, but not stepping out in front of his leading. It's a decision to lay aside selfish pursuits and keeping the cause of Christ as our central focus. It's about striving to obtain absolute submission to the word of god and the conviction power of the holy spirit it's it's really just making time to listen to god visitation is up to god habitation is up to us that is uh, when you invite god into your home and allow him to walk all over your house live in whatever room he wants to and rearrange any piece of furniture cabinet closet and to throw out things that you like that you may think are sacred <laughs> or that you may want to keep that are valuable And allowing him to put his valuables in your personal space you know distraction is one of the biggest issues that we struggle with in our christian walk and uh, we need to slow down the pace of life sometimes and make our fellowship with god the most important appointment on our daily schedule you know we get too busy to pray and we don't have time to pray and read god's word it's really a red flag that we need to reevaluate our priorities and god is more concerned about the position of our heart than he is with our position here on earth he's more concerned about our availability to him than he is about our ability god's good at using fools (laughs) god uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise god is always in the process of purging and purifying his church. And we know that Jesus is coming back for a pure and spotless bride. So before we close, let's recap the benefits of being a Christian here in Romans chapter 5. We're justified by faith in Christ. Our sin debt has been cleared from the records. It was paid for by Christ through his blood. We now have peace with God through our faith in Jesus Christ. You know, a sinner has no peace with God and is an enemy of God and in fact our flesh wars against god our carnal nature does and as long as you're going in the same direction as the world you're not going to have very many enemies but as soon as you pursue christ and his desires then you create a whole lot more enemies (laughs) for yourself so just remember that adversity is a tool from god to develop perseverance in your life that then that perseverance is going to produce hope and it's going to produce character and we have the hope Another benefit of eternal destiny and glorification in heaven. We're going to get a new body when we get to heaven. All our tears are going to be wiped away. And we're going to live in the glory of God forever. Another benefit, the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. And that's a deposit guaranteeing our salvation and our eternal glorification. We also have the mind of Christ as a benefit. Another benefit is that God reached out to us while we were still helpless. And we don't have to save ourselves. God does the saving for us. We just have to respond to him and repent of our evil, wicked ways and pursue righteousness through faith and obedience. Let me close with one more passage from the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. We do, however... Speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Enjoy the benefits of being a Christian. And most importantly, get to know the Holy Spirit and listen to his voice. We'll continue next week in chapter six, where we'll talk about being alive in Christ and dead to sin.